Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom's outside the door yakking and, you know, what he does on the telephone. I'm here with... Doug Sprinthal. Alex Rampernard Rasmussen. And Andy Rampernard. And we will be right back after these messages. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. I want to do a live yes, Walzer. Yes, we were just... Go oh, ahead, Catherine. Oh, yes. He, no, he just came back. So uh, we were just going okay, to start a live here. Walzer Perfect. commercial without Perfect. you. Yeah. You haven't even started yet? No, we, yes, we started. We started. Well, this is the commercial. You, why Stop why talking. Walzer commercial? Well, we did the Bradshaw and Bryant oh. first. Now we're doing Walzer. Oh. So I want to talk for a moment about how Walzer sells cars. Upfront pricing... You can see it on the website. You can see it on the windshield of every car. You don't have to go through the song and dance. And I, I, this seems like the way you should buy stuff, but I'm experiencing getting bids on a bathroom remodel in the last week and a half, and it's unbelievable. You get grilled by the appointment center. Now, uh, is there a Mrs. Smithell? Yes. Uh, what's her name? How do you spell that? Now, she needs to be there when the consultant comes. So it's basically they just try to power close you right there. And how much were you expecting to spend on this project? Well, you know, if I knew how to remodel a bathroom, yeah. I'd be able to give you a, a number. But I was thinking somewhere between $20 and a million. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you fit me in there? It's just, it's amazingly frustrating. And cars are, are oftentimes that way in traditional negotiating dealer. But when Walzer went one price 20 years ago, we've never looked back because it's the way people want to buy stuff. So if you need a bathroom remodeled, uh, you're out of luck. If you want to buy a car fast and fair, go to Walzer Automotive at walzer.com. He already did the tag, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Well, I, I figured you in. were on the phone again. <laughs> no, no, you know, I'll tell you when we get back to the show. She can kill with a smile, she can wound with her eyes. So you she kicked off the show at uh, 1117, is that right? Uh, about that. This is the very beginning of the show here. Now, I can't tell you who it is or whatever, but I, I got a call, and I'm really glad they called me. But one of my favorite people in the world is retiring at a very young age, and I'm really going to miss him, but I can't tell you who it is yet. Is it Doug Sprinthal? Oh. Doug Sprinthal. He said young age. And... <laughs> yeah, well, you're exactly. youngish. I started my <laughs> seventh decade already, so. But it was very nice of the the people to call me and tell me about it because I didn't know and and I thought and I heard it was like no, hmm. but God bless him, uh, you know he he, he uh, he's going to retire eventually and, and very very soon actually. But it just I'm I'm glad they called and told me. I really am. It is nice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Indeed, and you guys all know who it is too. As a matter of fact, oh, I can't wait to hear the you secret. Uh, I'll Mike tell you in about a week. Yeah, Mike Molina. Yes, Rookie Rookie Rich Rich in New York City. 26. He's going to retire in his hundreds. Uh. <laughs> yeah, even if you had millions hundreds. in New York City, good luck. Especially if yeah, you're going to retire for, anymore. what, you know, you retire at the age of 30, you got probably at least a good 50 years ahead of you. 50 years? How long? Of, how long? How much money does it take to live for in New York City for 50 years? Well, let's see, oh, two million a year. That's yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. <laughs> a little hundred million dollars. But other than that, it's good. Don't worry about a thing. Everything will work out in the end. Uh, isn't it amazing now that every every story now is a billion or a trillion dollars? They don't even mention millions anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, inflation. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the amount God. of money, just like even 50 years ago. Let's see here. 
I want to get my numbers right, but people don't often uh, really realize how much. Well, nineteen seventy, you could buy a brand new car, not a particularly nice one, for around two grand. Yeah, uh, let's see, two grand then would be about fourteen thousand now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's only fifty years ago. Money has devalued almost seven times. Almost wow. seven times. I've got some shirts that are almost that old that it's still. <laughs> they've shrunk a bit though. Oh, <laughs> well, they shrunk in the like, like in the uh, you know certain areas. I think they actually did shrink because I have well, my yeah. uh, Marshall University High School warm-up basketball jersey, and Sarah can wear it, and it fits pretty good. Wow. Now I was skinny in high school, but Not I was still six small. three. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just recently threw away my Dapper Dawn shirt in Florida. Oh, oh boy. my I, God, you wore that to death. I'm pretty yeah. sure I got it when I was like 13 years old, and I threw it away mm. when I was probably 32, 31, <laughs> and it still fit. It still fit yeah. perfectly. I tried to find a new one because it was such a good shirt, but they, I don't. I have no idea where it's even from. I don't remember. I remember when you used to wear that down in Florida, <laughs> yep. and all the... All the New York Italians would look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? What? The Dapper Don, baby. Because it was the actual Mafia uh, Don at the time. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. Don Corleone or anything yeah. like that. No, it was. It was, it was uh, John Gotti, wasn't it? Yeah, I yep. think so. Yeah, I, think, yep. mm-hmm. I believe that's true in any case. But, uh, you know, he was the Dapper Don, ladies and gentlemen. No question about it. So, did I hear Alex making noise? Yeah. I'm here. You showed up? I ventured out. My fever broke overnight, so here I am. Her self-imposed isolation is broken, I guess. Well, it's not really self-imposed. It was virus-imposed. Well, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to stay home when you're sick, people. Everybody. You don't go on a cruise ship? Yeah, not yeah. typically, but yeah. you know. boy, how'd you like to be in the cruise ship business right oh now? My God. Yeah. I know oh somebody. My God. I was at Sage's <laughs> school this morning, and Jamaica's just turning all cruise ships away. They're like, nope, don't want any of them. And now Mexico's starting to turn everything away. You know, when Jamaica turns money away, that it's got to be <laughs> yeah, bad. It's got, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, not... can you imagine oh, yeah. coronavirus gets loose in that country? You know, it's... Yeah, they they country. got enough problems already. Yeah, any country. Do. I, I really hope that uh, our two political parties will stop fighting over the coronavirus because it shows really, really poor leadership. Oh. It's shut up and do your job. Nancy Pelosi finally said something I agree with. God. She actually said we need to stop uh, spreading panic and start working on solutions together. I mean, that's the first time she's ever said anything that I agree with. I heard a story about her yesterday. She went to Chinatown and visited a whole bunch of restaurants and said, you know, we support you because apparently nobody's going to Chinatown in uh, San Francisco right. anymore. They're all freaked yeah. out. So I thought, that, I, I admire that. That was that was one of my problems with Mark Dayton. If you remember the big anthrax scare, the mm-hmm. early yep. 2000s when he closed his office and yep. said, everybody get out of here. I'm like, Wait a minute! You're a U.S. senator. You got to lead yeah. from the front. Yeah. So good to see her do that. Hats off to her. Yeah. Well, he was hiding under yes. his desk. Remember? Yeah. Finally. Yeah. He was hiding under his desk. You forgot well, to take your medication, Mister Senator. I don't think he was right. <coughs> no, he was no, not thinking clearly. Not I don't think right. there was. No. No, he wasn't right. But no. <clears throat> we'll keep an eye on the whole situation. Uh, i got to believe the United States will handle it the way they ha- handled Ebola and SARS and all the rest of them. I'm assuming Earth we flu. will band together, Democrats and Republicans. Swine flu, all of it. Exactly. Had a few of these and, of course, yeah. Bernie, Bernie Sanders is the one being the biggest prick about it. What a shock. Uh, he, he, did you hear what he said? And look, no. I, you know, it's all well and good, but this is the coronavirus. It's rather important. He said, yeah, that's right, President Trump. Give it to uh, Mike Pence, a guy who tried to pray away HIV. Like, you know, you know I was a little, I watched that, that press conference, and I was a little concerned yeah. that he had Mike do it. It's like he's never put him in charge of anything. That's a little I bit know. scary. And Pence I looked know, like, I oh, understand. yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'll go tell the big kid in the corner to mind his own business. <laughs> I, 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 I used—I I mean, I used to be able to tolerate Bernie, but now uh, oh. I just—you know—the state of constant outrage and 
he's just I, I don't why do people like him? I don't get it. He's he's crabby. He is crazy. He's uh, self-important, and he thinks that he's the savior of the universe. And I don't know what qualifies him as the savior of the universe. Free stuff. Well, you have mind. to you have to run Burlington, Vermont first, and then you can save the universe. <laughs> yes. so yeah. I guess that's yeah, the path that's I mean, to, to, to I guess, uh, surviving. I just don't get it. I don't either. But my favorite uh, though is that Catherine. Before you bring up subjects like that, you got to look around the room because that all has to do with literacy. He praised uh, Fidel Castro because of literacy, <laughs> and Doug doesn't know how to read. So could you <laughs> not talk about it? I when heard Doug's it. In I, I was listening to a lot of public radio yesterday, and they had a oh professor of Cuban studies on, and I thought, oh boy, mm-hmm. here we go. The guy made a really good point because the the interviewer brought up Bernie and the literacy in Castro, and he goes, sure. well. Uh, Sanders is is exactly right. They did uh, start that program, and they have 100% literacy in Cuba as a result. But what he doesn't realize is that the reason Castro did it is so he could indoctrinate all the kids to Marxist philosophy. And they, he said they That's, would teach him, you know, F is, as in Fidel, C is in Castro, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I thought, okay. This is common knowledge. Yep. I didn't expect it to hear it on public radio, though. No, that's true. No, but it's true. I mean, Cuba isn't exactly a shining beacon of success, no matter who you are. No, no. Yeah, it's it's hilarious because I mean, I you read all this stuff, and I've been to quite a few socialist slash communist countries, and (laughs) it's not good. I mean, you know, I mean, I went to the People's Republic of Austin, Texas, and that was a pretty cool place. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there you go. Great music. That's a fact, by the way. I mean, it's just not good. I mean, it's people are suffering mightily under these dictatorships. It's not good. Hey, listen, just because you had to kill 100,000 people or so, what's the difference? Just, I mean, it's like people don't go anywhere. They sit there and they think that every other country's got this Shangri-La existence and that everybody's just so happy because they have free health care. Well, they have free health care in India, but you have to bribe the doctors. You have to pay. You have to bring in your own food. You have to bribe everybody to get any care. Well, it's the same but thing. But you've got like free health care. Well, <laughs> yeah. The three doctors treating thirty is. million people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like it's you know, insane. Any other country's view toward America is going to be either America is like you know. Um, <laughs> murder capital of the world where everyone dies of a broken finger or it's where you go to land on the soil and instantly get handed a million dollars and become king yeah you know those are the two views of america and that's that's just how people view the world outside what they know and they view it as like a cartoon of what it actually is that was one of my favorite scenes in scarface when pacino you know stumbles up to the beach in miami and there's somebody in a chaise lounge that mistakes him for a waiter and hands him a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Free money. <laughs> well, the thing about like you know, I have one of my dearest friends lives in England, and she, they have free healthcare the there, <clears throat> and she is like, the difficult thing about free healthcare is everyone goes in for everything. Yep, that's the problem. She's like, the waits are extremely long everywhere you go all of the time because everybody's like, oh, I might as well get it checked mm-hmm. out. It's free. Where when people pay for healthcare, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to go in for every little thing because it'll cost me whatever and all this stuff. And people run more tests, which take more time. And all this stuff. And then she's like, and then people that, like, her grandpa was trying to get a hip replacement and they rescheduled it because the hospital reschedules it because they have to put priority surgeries first. Heart surgery, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Transplants and, yeah. And he, they rescheduled it, I think, like, seven times. So he got his surgery, I think, almost a year after he was supposed to get it. Mm. Or as now, it's just like, I need this, I'll pay you here. Yeah. You know, and there's no... Mm-hmm. So she's like, and he, she's like, he's an elderly man that can't walk, but since, you know, other yeah. people have more important things, which, yes, heart, tra- like, transplants and the heart surgeries and stuff like that are more important than hip replacement. It's not life or death, but he still deserves care. So 
Right. I don't know. There's no perfect system, obviously. But well, that's exactly right. It's like if the, if one of these brilliant politicians, that's the savior of the universe, had a plan, and could show everybody this wonderful, fabulous plan, we could all look at it and be, oh my God, you are the savior of the universe. Yay, you! And then we'd all be able to vote for a person that knows how to fix healthcare because it's it is screwed up. It should not cost what it costs to get yes. Well, and the sad done. thing is that it's insane. the number of yeah. medical people that file bankruptcy for medical bills in this country, that's, that's terrible. It's like <laughs> sixty or 70000 a year. Yeah. Well, once again, media is going to have to step up and get their job done. Because if you've ever watched the, uh, the national news on any channel... Every commercials for a pharmaceutical company. Oh my gosh! Every I know. one of them. I've watched a lot of TV the last four days because I've been sick and just laying around a lot when the kids are napping or after they went to bed or whatever. And yeah, so many pharmaceutical commercials. I was like, this is just ridiculous. Here's the biggest yeah, so screw basically. job about that because you know the argument <clears throat> is, well, they you know they have to charge a lot because they spend all this money in research and development. Do you know where right. about 25% of that money comes from? The U.S. government? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we pay oh, for, you know, I know. It's yeah. just, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, scr- uh, anyway. It's a, a screw job top it to bottom. ridiculous. The very people that are saying we have to do something about health care are charging millions of dollars for commercials. I, I think so maybe he, you should be the first one to take a hit. I think this is the central question. And I'm sure people... Uh-huh. Uh, and it really started during the Nixon administration. It was one of these things with long-term consequences. Do you think, think that it, even if you're a capitalist, which I happen to be, I believe in business and the right to make you know ethical profits, mm-hmm. do you believe that the healthcare <laughs> uh, industry is entitled to make profits, or do you think it's a human right? Because if you answer that question, then you can kind of go mm-hmm. backwards from there. But I don't think we as a country have answered that question. Yeah. Did you hear Ralph on Tuesday? No. He was a, a Ralph Basham. Dr. Ralph Basham said there are at least a couple of uh, companies in Minnesota uh, involved in the healthcare business that make a trillion dollars a year. Oh, I'm sure. Well, Medtronics would be you, one of them. Yeah. Or Medtronic. That's true. Mm-hmm. Do you really need to make that much money? Really? You need to make that much, huh? Well, is that revenue well, I mean, I guess, or is yeah. that gross or, or net? Because that's a major uh, whatever. Well, it's not I net. Mean, Nobody's netting a trillion dollars, I even, wouldn't think. Even if Maybe it was just are, revenue, that's anymore. still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Some's going to fall on money, you. man. So, look, the companies themselves, the, the broadcast outlets, because radio doesn't run pharmaceutical commercials. You'll hear one once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like a blue chew. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, all you guys run are boner commercials. <laughs> oh right. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, yeah, radio doesn't run the pharmaceutical commercials, and the reason for that is there's about a 20-second disclaimer on every one of them. And when you got a picture, you can just put it up on the screen, but on, on audio, somebody would have to read it. Oh, that's why yeah, they don't advertise right. on the radio. I hadn't thought so of that. all that, of these... That, yeah. All of these businesses need to step up and say, we need to cut back, whether it's the TV stations, the networks, the companies themselves, whatever. We all need to cut way back so people can afford health care. That would take care of the problem today. Yeah, I think you're uh-huh. right. If it was affordable, I don't think that there would be this rush to find either socialized no. medicine or whatever. I mean, if it was what it was percentage-wise... Even 20 years ago, I think people would go, eh, okay, I can live with yep. that. It's crazy. Well, that's exactly what Obamacare was supposed to be doing. They were going to cap the profits yep. and do all this stuff, and now they're making more money than ever. They so how did it, yeah. that happen? Because I'm telling you, it's all corruption. It Everybody's all getting corruption. their pockets filled with cash, and we're just, we yep. just can't figure that out or find out about it because no one's talking about it because everybody gets paid off. That is my opinion. We have to take a break and be right back in a couple of minutes with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customers? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. 
so we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Yeah, Andy's Mr. Adult Contemporary now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yesterday morning. morning. I love James Taylor. Me too. I play every once in a while with a friend of mine. Keep it up, Andy, and I'll point someone out. There's a, there's a little chord trill that he plays all the time. You'll hear it right here. The, that little lick, he plays that all the time. So I'll just throw it in on every song that we play. <laughs> and go, James Taylor! For musicians, it's a suspended fourth that then resolves itself. Hey, did you get to work yet on I'm Not Lonely Enough? I actually have been thinking about it since you called last <laughs> night. So what we have to Good. do... Don't tell people your plan. Well, no, 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 we talked about it, it. On, the, on the morning show already, so we've I got it. Oh. It's copyrighted in a sense. So what yes, we need to do, and you can you do it. I, I'm flying to Colorado on Sunday for a uh, coronavirus convention. No, yeah. I'm doing some consulting. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was going to sit on the plane and start writing, but... So we just got to think of things that will, different lines that will go right before I'm not lonely enough. I'm not lonely enough. So it's like, I love it, man. And then we can write it backwards from there. It'll be really fun. But I, 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 had, I thought about it after you called. And uh, Speaking of which, I watched the first episode of uh, Hunters. Oh, yeah, you, you told me you were going to do that. I really liked it a lot. It was great. Uh, I, one of my friends was just like, is anybody else watching Hunters? Like, Al Pacino playing a Jewish uh, Nazi hunter. Oh. And convincingly, oddly enough. Oh. Interesting. Um, we have Davey Knowles on the phone. <clears throat> Davey Knowles, ladies and gentlemen. At 32 years of age, Isle of Man, born guitarist, singer-songwriter Davey Knowles can now add mascot recording artist to his long list of already impressive achievements. Yeah, I saw that uh, the release on that, as a matter of fact. Davey, how you doing? <clears throat> Hey, I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Things are good. The New Hope Cinema Grill and Outtakes Bar, 2749 Winnetka Avenue. Uh, tickets, uh, 20 bucks in advance, 25 at the door. Um, I That's uh, coming up on March 7th, as a matter of fact. That was, that's uh, a week from Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. A week sounds, from Saturday, right? Sounds good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I got it. Because, well, see, the problem with uh, we Americans is that Every election year is a leap year, so you try to wipe it out of your mind. That it, if you admit that it's a leap year and there's a 29th of February, then you have to admit you're going to have to listen to these politicians run their mouths. I never thought about like, that before. Hmm. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, they, yeah, they did. They, they have the elections in in the leap year, so they yeah, can annoy true. you for at least another 24 hours. Let's talk about music, so. not politics. Maybe. <laughs> yes, please, anybody. anybody. Just, I just wanted to get the date right for Davey Knowles. <laughs> March 7th, a week from Saturday, 8 p.m., New Hope Cinema Grill. Now, Dougie, you should talk about music. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize he was going to be on, but Jerry Eaton, who's the manager of New Hope Cinema Grill, who also works for us, has been raving about you for six months. He says, you got to see this guy, you got to listen to him, and I, I, I pulled up some of your cuts last time I talked to him, and you can play. 
thanks very much. Yeah, Thank no. You. That's very sweet of Jerry, too. <laughs> you, you have fans in the uh, great white north. I mean, it's Minnesota. It's not a little off the beaten track, but we have a bit of a music scene, and I played for years as well. Oh, so let me ask you a couple questions, if you don't mind. Who are. Oh, this is a too. traditional sort of stupid music interview uh, question, but. Nate, tell me who are some of your uh, uh, who inspired you? What guitar players do you like? Who do you dig? Oh man, <laughs> um, I I grew up uh, kind of worshiping Mark Knopfler. That was you know he was the reason that I wanted to play guitar. Yeah. Um, when I was eleven, I, I heard Sultans of Swing and immediately wanted to rush out and buy a headband. And, <laughs> you know, just just immediately <laughs> trying to become Mark Knopfler. I spent um, the uh, summer of nineteen seventy seven. Uh, learning that second solo that's oh, uh, it, it takes a while and even if you're at yeah. decent it doesn't sound very good <laughs> it's like he's oh, such it, a great it's, guitar it's player it's just one of those things that only martin offler can do you yep. know it's uh it just it has to be him but um yeah and then and then the whole the whole british blues boom as well kind of uh early clapton and uh peter green sweet with mac and and paul kossoff from free um and then uh, Rory Gallagher is a huge influence for me, too. Oh, yeah. You just named yeah. almost all of my favorite guys, although you skipped over <laughs> Jeff Beck for some reason. But Yeah, that, that, that whole kind of uh, 60s, early 70s scene, a little later with Rory, that, that's, that's my favorite. That's awesome. That's that's, a, that really was the golden age of guitar playing. But you're young. Yeah. I mean, it's, there aren't as oh. many. Uh, this sounds like get off my lawn. But I don't think, you know, that was an age where there were just tons of great players, and, and you don't see as many anymore. Um, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's fallen out of fashion a little bit. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think they're there. I, th I think um, I feel constantly threatened and humiliated uh, by, by great by great <laughs> guitar players. Um, but I, I think it's more of a, um, an underground kind of thing. I don't think, you know, all of those bands were in the charts back in the day yeah. you know they, they were they were pop stars and rock stars and i think that kind of music has has fallen into more of a folk music kind of scene and and, and more of a you know just a a smaller more underground community rather than right at the forefront but i, I think it's definitely still there well yeah i mean I, I i would agree to an extent and i guess when you think about it the pop charting thing probably is what made the big difference uh, it's all pop music and stuff now where it used to be rock and rock and blues and stuff like that and there are some great great young guitar players i'm a big uh fan of Derek trucks i, I watch him play oh, and yeah. i just i just want to quit it's like yeah yeah i might oh, as well give it yeah. up and then you've got guys like uh like gary clark jr who who i think is carrying on that tradition in a in a commercial way uh as well and, and in a wonderful way and uh same with like uh, marcus king and even the black keys you know they had a they had a number one album last year and that's a, that's a guitar-based band with, you know, wear blues influence on their sleeves. So I, I think it's I think it's still bubbling under. It's cool. Yeah, John Mayer gets ripped a lot, but he's a he's a great guitar player. He writes some schmaltzy okay. tunes, but he is he's about <laughs> as good as they get. I think. Oh, I agree. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tom, I'll shut up. I'm Doug, sorry I hijacked the entire no, 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 no. interview, but I just when I <laughs> no. realized who this guy was, I'm like, oh yay, this is going to be fun. No, 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 no. I just want to mention one thing, and then I want to hear you two talk again, because you guys are both, both really good players. But an extensive tour schedule is ensured he has put uh, in more than his 10,000 hours on the road. You ready for the appearances uh, there, Doug? I'm ready. Davy Knowles has appeared with The Who, Jeff Beck, Government Mule, Leonard Skinner, Kid Rock, Joe Bonamassa, Sonny Landreth, Peter Frampton, Joe Satriani, and Sammy Hagar's group Chickenfoot. Pretty good, uh, pretty good crowd you got there, uh, Davy. God, I feel very lucky. That's not a bad lucky. list. I'm going to see somebody that you may not know of, but you should look him up if you've never heard of him. He's a guy from Milwaukee. His name is. Uh, uh, Greg Koch, K O C H. I, I know Greg very well. Oh, you do. I oh yeah. I bought oh, a Fender Supersonic after watching one of his demos on YouTube a couple years ago. The guy is about yeah. what six six or six seven. I think he calls himself Man Squatch. Yeah, uh, yeah. he <laughs> plays any style like, like lightning, and he's funnier yeah. than hell. He's just he's just so much fun to play. He's playing at the Blues and uh, the Blues Saloon, the Fine Line on yeah. Friday. He and his son, and then a uh, keyboard player. So I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, 
No, he's 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 scary good, and like you say, just hilarious. So quick witted. I mean, you can't keep up. He's uh, he's brilliant. Sorry, we're plugging another show, but I'm going to no, see no, yours no, as no. well. It's all good. We're all in it together. So you played with Jeff Beck? Uh, yeah, I, I did a tour with him uh, for about a month. I think that was 2009. Wow. Yeah. I've seen yeah, him many fun. times over the years. I, I recently, in a f- online forum, somebody posted as an old guitar player interview with Jeff and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, wow. And they asked uh, Jeff a lot about the early 70s albums, Blow by Blow and on that stuff. He hated it. He goes, I never wish I'd recorded it. They were terrible. It wasn't what I was into. <laughs> and and for me, they're some of my favorite Jeff Beck albums. I was really, and I just read this the other day. It was very interesting. I think I think that's what makes him, you know, so undeniably him, is, is that he's so dissatisfied with whatever he's doing that, you know, he strives to do something else constantly. And I think that's that's what he's done since the Yardbirds all the way through to, to right now. You know, he's he had a little dabble with, with electronic music. He's he's always trying to kind of push himself and I think I think it's that, that kind of uh, unhappiness with where he's at that, that keeps him going, I think. One of my favorite clips of him, uh, he's playing um it's a Ray Charles tune. Uh, it's the uh, name's escaping me, but it's live with Jules Holland. You know you're a great oh. musician when at the end of the song the entire band stands up and gives you a cheer. <laughs> yeah. Drowning, drowning in my own tears. Oh, wow. Wow. Unbelievable. God, you know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just, again, that, that whole Jules Holland crowd was uh, just being able to be introduced to so many artists by, by Jules Holland. How did, how did he get that? For those of you that don't know, he was the keyboard player in Squeeze, and yeah. he had this uh, uh, English TV show called Live with Jules Holland, and he'd get yeah. not just one good band, he'd have three or four in every show, and he would walk yeah. up, and he always had this signature way of introducing, and he'd just yell in the microphone, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Beck! <laughs> and he'd just sit down, and he's a good piano player, too. <laughs> but how did he oh, set, yeah, how did yeah. that I mean, ever I mean, get started? Yeah, well, I think I think the big thing was Squeeze, and then he had in the eighties a, a, a TV, a music TV show. I think it was called The Tube, um, and I think he got fired for that for, for swearing on the BBC, which was uh, <laughs> I think it's still you know punishable by death offence. And um, I uh, I think he lost that show, and then he started later with Jules, and that that just took off. I mean, it was really the only. Um, TV, uh, apart from Top of the Pops, um, kind of a t- t- you know TV DJ, if you like, someone who introduced you to new music. Yeah, so he in was, one show really he'd have Paul guy. McCartney and then this unknown yeah. singer, uh, English girl named Adele, who was like 17. And it's like, <laughs> how right. did you find yeah, her? Right. And wh- you get her on the same show as Paul McCartney. It was just great. Yeah. No, he's, he's uh, we're lucky to have him. He introduced so many artists to... Uh, uh, to the audience over there, for sure. You know, Doug, I do have to point something out. I, I, I did, uh, you know, I, I can I can add and subtract, which I'm very proud of, Davey, as a matter of fact, <laughs> being able to subtract. You walked on stage with Jeff Beck when you were 21 years old? That were you about terrified? 22, yeah, 21, 22, yeah. <laughs> were you scared to death, Mike? Oh, of course. Absolutely. I think. Uh, I mean, it's, it's terrifying those kinds of situations. But in the same breath, I, I think you you just um, survival instincts take us a little bit, and and you just kind of put your head down and work as hard as you can, and 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 try and uh, just just do your very very best, and and that's all you really can do. And then the other side of that is just look around you, listen, and, and absorb like a sponge. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, did That's you just you pretend he was Nigel Tufnell and start laughing inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Davey Knowles. It is March 7th, a week from Saturday, March 7th, 8 p.m., New Hope Cinema Grill. You can just go to cinemagrill.com slash live music slash Davey Knowles with a K, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Davey Knowles, thank you so much for your time. Great talking to you. But once again, my new hero, at least... For the, for the rest of this year, a 21-year-old kid walks on stage with Jeff Beck, and <laughs> I got to talk to him 11 years later, man. 
That's wonderful. I'm I'm going to I'm going to check you out. I will I'll I'll meet you on March seventh. I'm excited to hear oh, you play. Oh, lovely. Oh well, thanks very much. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. You have a great day, sir. Bye. Bye. I I did that, man. I'm like, what? He he was on stage with Jeff Beck, one of the greatest guitar players ever born, when he was 21. Yeah, that's amazing. I was thinking, hey, I can go to the bar and drink legally now. <laughs> that's what I was doing when I was 21. Oh, right? <laughs> a little different. Although, uh, remember what happened on my 21st birthday? Well, none of us were Remember alive. <laughs> oh, when I was 21? Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, in the state of Minnesota, on my 21st birthday, November 7th, my 21st birthday, they dropped the drinking 18. age to 18. Oh, that's bad. You know, I was a few, I'm a few years younger than you, and I kind of chased it because they dropped it to 18, and I got close to 18, and didn't they bump it up to 19? Yes. And yep. then, I, so I was like just trying to grab the life preserver, and then they moved it up. To, I had to wait till I was 21. Oh, geez. Yeah. Now they're they changing had, they, the they, they, they're changing the smoking age to 21. Yep. I think they already did. <coughs> yeah. Is this, that's Minnesota well, right now, federal? Or is it federal? I think it's federal. Huh. Well, it could have raised 121. How about that? So nobody uh, smokes. Yeah, seriously. How about yeah. that action? Although in the 70s, all they required for an ID to buy beer was a $5 bill. Yeah, they would really. usually get the well, job done. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's they true. changed it to 21 in December. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, I remember standing at the old... It's just to per- purchase tobacco. But That's know. true. Well, yeah. yeah. Whatever. That is very, very true. In any case, we do have to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Your mother disappeared. I don't know where she went. That's a great question. She's off wandering around. We'll be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Finally, a song I've actually heard. And of course, it's Rhinestone Cowboy. Singing the same old song. Remember, we had his wife and two daughters in studio just before he died. Very, very sad that Glenn Campbell was dying and his family came in to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. And what was the last song that he awareness. wrote? Was it like, I won't, for, I won't you remember won't for, you or yeah, something, something like that? Yeah, something like that. It was just really wrenching. I'm not going to miss you, I think? Uh, I think that's what it was. Something like that, because, well, yeah. Something I'm not going to miss you because I won't know you're alive or something. Yeah, it, it was, oh, God. It sounds terrible. Talking about Glenn Campbell when, yep. when Glenn Campbell passed away, Catherine. Oh, okay. And he's playing the greatest um, uh, adult contemporary hits of all time. Mm-hmm. Glenn Campbell? <laughs> well, well, he's uh, not anti. Eh, he's good. Uh, he was fine. I always like Glenn Campbell. I got I to gotta give a uh, shout out to somebody if I can really quickly. I got a, uh, a package here, and it turned out to be a book from Charlie in Albuquerque. 
and it's really cool. It's called the world's worst cars. <laughs> so, thanks, really? Charlie. If you're oh, listening, really? I really appreciate it. I'll put send you a message on Facebook as well. But thank you. It's uh, I've been fl- I flipped through it before we went on the air, and it's really pretty interesting. And it's going to be a a coffee table staple. Indeed. So the world's worst cars. Yep. Was the Hupmobile in there? You know, there's a lot of them. It's a and pretty they, thick they, book. It is a thick book, and they're great <laughs> pictures. It's a large book. So I'm going to spend probably the next couple of days reading it. I took up reading on vacation. Do you know that they have things like books, and you can just sit on a beach and read them? Hmm. Yes. I, I'd forgotten all that. about that. I, I haven't done it in a long time. I have no idea what you're talking can about. Can you turn the brightness re- up to make, uh, make up for the sun? Two books I, on vacation. That's unfathomable <laughs> to me. God, I can't Well, I don't take remember. vacations. I take trips with my children. Ah, I see. Yes. I can't yeah, even remember exactly. the last time it's I actually not a vacation picked up with a children. book. God, it's probably been 15 years. If I pick up a book, I can read it very quickly. I've always been a fast reader. Like, instead of... I have not. (laughs) I used to be the slowest reader ever, and I don't know... Hmm. I guess it's just from reading so much on my phone. I'm constantly reading, you know? There is that, But now I can, like, just blow through a book in, like, three days. Mm -hmm. If I I intentionally sit down and read it. College. College ruined reading for me. Oh, well, Yeah, because you're forced to read... Yeah, I just you're never forced did to read so much crap that doesn't make any difference in your life, or even sometimes what the subject matter is. I you remember, just are, you know, when I was in college and like late high school, because you know, you'd know that I have, I was reading basically, you know, since I was six years old. <laughs> I just constantly read. I would read a book every night. I would read. Yeah, a book. you love to read. And mm-hmm. then I got, yeah, I got into college, and they'd have me read things, and it's like. This is English, but I don't know what the hell they're saying. Because the, like, they, they have you read books that are so old that the language is really outdated, but then they never explain. Like Shakespeare is, has that problem really bad. I can understand what he's saying right. now, but when I was 18 years old yeah. and I tried to read Shakespeare, oh, God, I'm like, no. what on earth is he even saying? And the teacher... Well, that's why you need, if you're reading that stuff, you really should buy an annotated version because you should. you've got the notes right on yeah. there and you go, okay, that's, because if it doesn't make sense, it's no fun. Well, and yep. he is a very, very complex, he put like <clears throat> right. puns yeah, regarding things that haven't that. existed mm-hmm. in 800 years and it's like, you can't possibly know what he's talking about unless you have it explained to you, which kind of ruins it, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, well. right. Yeah, it's seventeenth-century jokes. It's yeah, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and he was a he was a jokester. Yeah. yeah, I used to read constantly until yeah, and school just made me like I don't care if I ever pick up a book again because yep. I've just got so sick of subject matter. Though mm-hmm. so, yeah, but now I love to read again. And my problem is finding a book that I actually want to read. That is the hard part. Yeah. That's yeah, a very, very hard. Yeah. Just talk like to my wife. Just different messages. She reads probably three or four books a week. She's mm. always got her notes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Loves to read. Either that or she just pretty cool. loves to tune me out. Hmm. That might be part of it. What do you mean, she? <laughs> that word's pronounced we, I think, not she. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I have a question for you guys, especially for the two women on the show. Yes. Okay. Break time. Um, <laughs> break the one. Well, no, no, no. I want to get your take on it as well. Uh, a mother in northern Utah is pushing for changes to a middle school policy. She says is bound to create, and a quote, another generation who feels that rape culture is completely normal. Dear Lord. Mm. Okay. Now that's pretty severe, don't you think? I think it's very severe. Yes, okay. and it's inflammatory. Says here, Alicia Hobson says her daughter Oslin, A Z L Y N, the B Oslin or Aslin? Probably. Like the lion from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Was that what it is? Oslin is the lion? Aslan? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Oslin? Uh, Aslin is Aslan? a. It's Aslin. It's Aslin. Is yeah. it Oslin or Aslin? It's Aslin. Aslin. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Alicia Hobson says her daughter Aslin, a sixth grader at Lake Town's Rich Middle School, came home angry after a Valentine's Day dance, complaining she was forced to partner with a boy who had previously made her feel uncomfortable. Aslin uh, said had refused. Aslin had refused the uh, year old, the eleven year old, excuse me. The boys offered a dance, only to be told by Principal Kip Mota that no wasn't an option. The eleven year old tells the Salt Lake Tribune he was like, "You guys go dance. There's no saying no here. I just didn't like it at all." 
Hobson told Mata that her daughter always has the right to say no, while boys don't have the right to touch girls or make them dance with them. Well, he, the, the boy didn't yeah, make her dance with them. The, gonna the, say. the principal. The principal See, did. Is... <clears throat> yeah, so I'd be what? real pissed if this you happened know, to it, Fawn. What do you mean? I'd be so pissed if that happened to Fawn, but I'd be pa- pissed at the principal. Like... You can't tell my daughter to dance with somebody she doesn't want to dance with. No one should ever tell anybody to do anything, like, this sounds weird, but, like, physical with somebody they don't want to. But what about if they could dance to Pennsylvania 6 5000? Not even then. Do you think it's pr- appropriate to bring up rape culture, though, around oh, 11 year olds? Yeah, 11 year old boy. I don't think No, I'm I would never be like, the rape, this is rape culture and blah, 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 blah. But I do agree with her that, like, she, no, ne- understand. she should never feel pressured to do well, something she's not comfortable with or just doesn't want to do, you know? And well, let's put it this uh, how- how about this scenario? Okay, everybody's dancing the, you know, whatever. A hokey pokey. I about, <laughs> I about. And all the kids are doing it, but one kid's being left out because everybody's picking yeah, on him anyway. Yeah, and yeah. so the teacher says, would you please go dance with whoever, whether it's a girl or a boy? Um, you know, like she knows there's a nice kid that would do stuff, you know, for others. Is that too much pressure? Okay. Is that rape culture? No, there's a difference. I'm just asking. I'm just asking because it's gotten to the point where I don't know if we can discern which one is bad and which one's well, good. The principal said there's no saying no here. Like, that's crossing a line. Like, asking, would you please go dance with this kid because they look like they want to dance? And if you say Could no... Could be perceived as pressure. But... No, asking, just asking, like, oh, would you want to go dance with them? And if you say no, that's fine. Not, there's no saying no here, you need to dance with this kid. Like, that's really aggressive and ridiculous. There's also, we're hearing this through an 11-year-old girl, through her outraged mom, through the news. Yeah. How much of it actually happened, I'm just saying, if this is actually what happened, yes, I would consider it to be All right, well, here's how the, the... Here's how the principal answers it. Moda tells KSTU that male and female students are asked to accept all invitations at school dance as part of a physical education curriculum in which students are taught various dance styles per the Washington Post so that no kids feel like they're left out. He adds students have avoided dancing with certain people in the past by communicating with him in advance, but Hobson counters that in life you get rejected all the time. No, you don't. You get rejected all the time in life. Do you guys feel like you're rejected all the time? Well, no, not really. Well, I mean, I, I mean, think it's a, you, you know, like, oh, the toothbrush I wanted isn't on the shelf. Like, if you're considering that a rejection, then me. No, well, rejection. let's say you're job hunting. You might go to 15 interviews and Very before true. you get a second interview. That's being or rejected. like dating, you get rejected. I mean, not me. I never did, but. Not <laughs> you, of course, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the principal then continued, students need to get used to it and learn how to cope with their frustration. Oh, that was the mother that said that. Uh, then, of course, the principal did say, we want to protect every child's right to be safe and comfortable at school, but we also believe that all children should be included. So if this kid was the only one that's going to be left out, I do understand something had to be done. I, I don't. I don't know. You just, can't force somebody to dance with somebody else, but you can't leave a kid out either. Yeah, if there's, there, like I said, there's a difference between, like, would you be interested in dancing with this kid? No, I don't want to. Oh, that's okay. And there's a difference between you need to go dance with this kid. There's no saying no. There's, I mean, you know. Well, once again, Doug Sprinthal and I have solved this problem. Within the next few months, when asked to dance, the kid could say or sing along, no, because I'm not lonely enough. <laughs> See, our song will serve to help people around the globe. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be great. We'll be able to retire on our hundreds. Hundreds of dollars that we'll make from <laughs> I'm not lonely enough. I got a question for I you, Tom. It. I don't know if this was just a 60s thing or a New England thing, but I, in grade school, we did have dancing in uh, phys ed, and we learned square dancing, but also something evil called the Hawaiian jump rope. Did you Are you familiar with that? No. No. No, what's that? So basically... You would have two 
bamboo poles that were probably 10, 15 feet long, and you have a kid yeah, oh, sure. holding yep. either one, and you, they'd play, and they always played some wanky version of going to Kansas City, and they'd bang them on the floor twice and then tap them together oh, yeah. twice, and you had to jump mm-hmm. in and out. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Even when I was yeah, in I third grade, that. I thought, this is the weirdest thing in the world. But it was called the Hawaiian jump rope. I didn't know that that was called Hawaiian jump rope. I'm sure it's racist to call it a Hawaiian jump roping in this day and age, but oh, in God, 1965 it was completely acceptable probably. in Lexington, Massachusetts. Everything's racist now. Everything and everyone is racist. Don't you know that? The problem was the third graders, most of them didn't have any rhythm, so they'd wind up screwing up oh, and yeah. slamming true. them into your ankles and stuff. <laughs> yep. Very, very true. You're absolutely right about that. I don't know. Like I said, I, yeah, you shouldn't force people to dance with somebody they don't want to dance with, but but something needs to be done so the kid didn't feel left out and was the only one that didn't have anybody to dance with. But maybe the kid's a prick, so hell with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that kid sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of how it goes sometimes. Just how life dance is. With him. He sucks. Yeah, he's awful. No, thank you. <laughs> he's, he's Some awful. kids do suck. Millhouse. Oh, my God. There was a yeah. There's there's some little kids even that it's just like you're just not a nice person yeah, even you, though you're four. You already suck. Yeah. Yep. Dad, we only have about two minutes left in this hour, but uh, how about that poor kid in the safari park got eaten by the lion? What? what? I didn't hear about oh. this. The oh no! They found his clothes and eventually found his skull. What safari park? Yeah, uh, what? Pakistan teen had gone out to cut the grass for cattle fodder. A teenager in Pakistan who went out to cut grass for cattle fodder ended up being eaten by lions in a safari park. The remains of 17-year-old Muhammad Bilal were found Wednesday in the lion enclosure at Lahore Safari. Is it Lahore or Lahore? L-A-H-O-R-E. I think it's Lahore. Yeah, The teen... Yeah, okay. The teen who lived in a nearby village and sometimes did odd jobs at the zoo disappeared Monday. We found clothes oh, in the lion enclosure and then later came across his skull. Wow, that's oh, terrible. Yikes. Oh, man. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? You've got a couple of lions coming after you. Oh. No. I cannot well, how did they no. Get, how did the lions get his clothes off? Like I think they just them out, ate through them. Shred, shred them up yeah. and leave. They just shredded it, probably. Yeah. Eek. Not something Yikes. I'd look forward That's to. That's terrible. Poor yeah. kid. We will take a break. Be back in about six, seven minutes with hour two, which is, of course, car selling secrets. With, with special guest, the mayor of South St. Paul, Dr. Jimmy Francis in studio. Dr. Jimmy. Dr. Now we're Jimmy. talking. We'll be back with the family.